So the trifecta is complete. In June, I was wearing tulips. In July, I was wearing the flag. And in August, I'm wearing pink flamingos. You got to ask yourself two questions this morning. One, how many pastors this morning are wearing pink flamingos? Two, why do I go to a church where the pastor wears pink flamingos? <laughs> let's stand together as our campus is joined with us. I should be done laughing by now. <clears throat> and let's all recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us. And again, good morning to our campuses over at Appleton and Stevens Point. This week, a special blessing showed up at our house. Pastor Bishop Gary Rivas from South Africa is here this weekend. <clears throat> and we're putting him to work this morning so I can sit and just listen. <laughs> Would you please welcome my dear friend, Bishop Gary Rivas. I should wear a jacket this morning. <laughs> Not quite pink flamingos. But my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good morning, everyone. <laughs> to you at, uh, here at, uh, at the campus here in Green Bay and all the other uh, sites, it's good to be here this morning. Uh, Jackie and I are grateful for the invitation, for the friendship of Mark and Deanna and Tabel and uh, just the rest of the leadership here. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord God, for this beautiful day, this day that you have made. We thank you, God, for this opportunity to share your word and each other. We pray your blessing, Lord God, on today and on our time together. Amen. So the scripture is from uh, 2 Samuel chapter 6, and uh, it's a glorious scripture of, of David bringing the ark back. And uh, when he brings the ark back, it's a, it's a symbol or a sign of God's presence for the people of Israel, and it's a joyous, joyous, joyous moment. So I'm going to pick it up from verse 17 in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Picking it up from verse 17. It'll be up on the screens. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. And after he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he gave them all a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, a cake of raisins to each person, and the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. When David uh, returned home to bless his household, Michael, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him. 
How can the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of slave girls and of his servants as any vulgar person would? David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel, and I will celebrate before the Lord. The reason why he was celebrating is in fact found just before verse 17. And it's a powerful moment, and I'm wanting you not to read it anywhere, but to listen and just look at me and as, I, as I read the reason why he was celebrating. So he was celebrating before God because he had the presence of God in the ark. In verse 14 it says, Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. He was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And while all of Israel were bringing up the ark with shouts and trumpets, with shouts and trumpets. And as the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michael, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him with all her heart. What do you think it looks like when someone dances with all their might? Well, just think about that for a moment. I don't know how many of you are keen on dancing at all, or how many of you can, in fact, dance. <laughs> That's another question. A lot of us are keen to dance, but none of us, not many of us are very good at dancing. But you see, when you, when you have a person who dances with all their might, I want you in your minds out just to imagine what that looks like. They pretty much don't care what anyone thinks of them. Am I right? Dancing with all your might means that you're throwing everything into the dance. You don't care what people are thinking. You don't, want people, you don't care where the people are looking. I mean, there's that age-old saying, it says, um, dance as if no one's watching. You've heard that before? Dance as if no one's watching. When you dance with all your might, you're dancing as if no one's watching. In fact, the chances are good when David was dancing with all his might, he was probably falling on the floor and doing some moves on the floor, standing up again uh, and dancing and closing his eyes and just all his energy was, was, was poured into that moment of dance. He was so ecstatic about being with God. I'm wondering when the last time was that you danced with all your might, that you had such a sense of joy and freedom in, in who you are in God, that you're able to dance with all your might. For me, that gives us a view of what Christianity should be like. Not, not the frozen chosen. Uh, so many of us Christians walk around like we've sucked lemons all day. It's in our face, it's in our body, it's in everything, it's the way we speak. But this gives us a view of what our faith should lead us to. To be able to dance with all our might, to give everything that we are to God with all our might. Has your faith brought you to that place ever where you come into the presence of God and dance with all your might. For some of us, our life has been like this. I've got a little clip in that that will show you uh, a bit of what it's about. And one of our guys can show that clip quickly.
<laughs> I mean, for some of us, that's pretty much us, you know, we just, we're just trying to survive, you know, and the minute we get into the groove, man, it feels like something so easy could just come and, and just boom, and we're gone, we are squashed under the weight of whatever life is throwing for us. <laughs> you know the best thing about dancing is when you go to a wedding, I don't know what it's like here in the States, but when, in South Africa, dancing is a big part of a wedding, there's like the first dance, do you remember our first dance? What was it? <laughs> I sense I have a credit. <laughs> I shall use it wisely. <laughs> Maybe not gracious. No, let me keep moving on. Okay, let's just move on. But one thing I love about weddings and that, I don't know if you've noticed that, if it's like that here in, um, in, in America. But have you noticed when people dance, so you've got like the dance floor, okay? And you, you'll notice some people that they can't wait to the, get to the dance floor. Have you ever noticed that? So on the way to the dance floor, they're like doing all these moves and they're like, have, have you noticed it? Have you seen that? Like on the way, they've got a dance floor. On the way to the dance floor, they're already doing all their, all their moves. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, there you go. I need a bit more music, man. I'm cue that for the next service. <laughs> man. So, what does, it mean to, what does it mean to dance with all our might? And how do we get to the place of, of dancing with all of our might? What does dancing with all of our might mean to, to every one of us? If you look at the life of David, of David let me, this, I'm going to give you just three thoughts. Do you, do you notice how it brings about generosity? A, a keen sense of generosity. When, when, we are, when we're in that space of being able to dance with all our might, one of the things that brings out when we're in the presence of God and, and giving everything to God, one of the natural spin-offs is, is generosity. In verse 18, after he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread and a cake of dates and a cake of raisins to each person of the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. Let me tell you, generous people are happy people. I can tell you, I have never, ever, 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 ever seen a person who's a miser or who's greedy or who's just holding on to everything. I've never seen a miser or a person who's greedy walk around going, I'm so happy with life. I love life. Never ever. Generosity. Generosity twins with, with dancing with all of our might. And we saw how, how David was. But I want you just for a brief moment not talk about I don't want to, for a brief moment, not talk about um, generosity from a financial perspective. I want to just for a moment speak about emotional generosity. And it's the act of giving positive emotions to others without expecting anything in return. And what God calls us to do, and if we're going to dance with all our might, it's about giving who we are to others without expecting anything in return. Emotionally generous people continuously bring happiness, love, and positivity to other people without expecting anything in return. 
They are constantly thinking about how they can make others around them feel better about themselves. Emotionally generous people love praising other people, love rewarding other people, love recognizing the talents in other people. They love showing signs of appreciation. And I want to I challenge you today as I've been challenged and ask myself, how is it that I can be more emotionally generous to other people? And to ask questions, you see, when we, when we think about our life is all about ourselves and our lives are about me and I, ultimately we stunt this generosity towards other people. It's amazing that one of the first acts that David did was be generous with those around him. Now the thing is this, the reason why we are able to be generous with our emotions and with our love is because God is so incredibly incredibly generous with his love toward us. I mean, doesn't that sometimes blow you away? Do you, you know, there's so many times in my life that I've messed up so badly, where I've done things that are wrong. That I, and one thing about God, my, my understanding of God is not this uh, thunderbolt and lightning, very, very frightening in the song. But sorry, um, it's not this thunderbolt and I'm going to smite you, God. Let me tell you something, friends. God is so incredibly kind. And God's kindness towards me in the midst of my darkness and in the midst of my sin never ever ceases to amaze me. That God can be so generous towards me and towards you with acts of kindness and love. It moves me like I cannot tell you. God's acts of forgiveness over my life. When, uh, I'm doing a, a challenge at the moment, um, a social media challenge. It's called a 31-day challenge. And each uh, for August, um, 31 days in August, and there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. And, and so each day I challenge people to read a chapter a day of Proverbs and then uh, highlight a verse or verses that stood out for them. And, and today's one in chapter 5 spoke, speaks about God knows everything. That there is nothing we can hide from God. I don't know about you, but that frightens me. Because we think we can hide things from God. But even though God can see every aspect and every part of my life, God still loves me. God still shows incredible kindness towards me. How can I not be generous in my emotions with others? How can I accept God's kindness, God's love, God's grace, God's forgiveness over my life and not be generous with those around me? We cannot dance with all our might when we are harboring unforgiveness. We cannot dance with all our might before the presence of God when we're filled with anger or hatred or, or stubbornness. We cannot. It's impossible. Our dance will fall flat. In a, a forgiving God in an unforgiving, unforgiving world, Ron Lee Davis tells the story of a priest in the Philippines, much-loved man of God, but he carried the burden of a secret sin that he had committed many years before. He'd repented, but still had no peace. He had no sense of God's forgiveness. In his local church was a woman who deeply loved God. 
And she claimed that she had visions in which she spoke with Jesus and he with her. The priest was skeptical. And so to test her, he says, the next time you speak with Christ, I want you to ask him what sin your priest committed while he was in seminary. And the woman agreed. A few days later, the priest asked her, well, did Jesus visit you in your dreams? Yes, he did, she replied. And did you ask him what sin I committed in the seminary? Yes. And the priest looked at her and said, well, what did Jesus say? She said, Jesus said, I don't remember. I don't remember. What God forgives, he forgets. That is how much God loves us with such generosity. Secondly, when we're going to dance with all our might, we've got to be focused, people. We have to be focused. In 2 Samuel 6, in verse 21, David says to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people of Israel. And I will celebrate before the Lord. It's about focusing on God. Friends, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you will never find yourself. This last week I spent some time just focusing on this. Um, The scripture says you need to forget about yourself and look at me. Then when you do that, you'll find both yourself and me, says Jesus. I'm amazed at people who go on these journeys of self-discovery, of trying to find themselves. You will never find yourself if all you're looking for is you. You will only find yourself when all you're looking for is God. You're not, we will always come up short. Jesus was clear, we need to be the focus of his life. If you want to live a life that is God-centered, if you want to live a life that you dance with all your might, you, you need to be clearly focused on God. Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. He said that at a very young age. You see, our, our focus is on, on so many other things except, except for God. I, I, need a, I need a couple of, of volunteers. Are the three of you okay to, to come up on the stage? Would you be comfortable with that? There you go. Thank you. Awesome. Can I have you in the red shirt as well? Do you mind? Is that okay? Yeah, mate. Okay. Do you want to come stand up in the front over here? Okay, cool. Okay, I need you to stand in a, in a straight row and fo- face me. Is that okay? There you go. Perfect. Exactly like that. Right. Awesome. Can you all see what's... Of course, there's this um, thing with you. Okay. So, <laughs> this is the deal. Okay. If... If, what is your name? Tommy. Tommy. Mm-hmm. Hey, Tommy. Tommy's God. Don't get a big head, Tommy. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Now, if we go through life, and your name is? Carrie. Carrie is my job. Charlie. Charlie is my, no, no. Charlie is um, uh, my, my finances. Scott. Scott is my wife. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Now this is the deal. Okay. <laughs> this is the deal. Okay. If God is not my focus and God is right at the back of my life, okay, and everything, my focus is here on my job, my money, my wife, <laughs> that, that all gets in the way, I will never have a clear understanding of who God is in my life. But what we do is we put all these other things before God. So we stress about our job, we stress about our finances, and we stress about our marriage and our family. And can I tell you something? Worry 
is, is a human form of atheism. We're atheists. If we sit and worry about all the stuff going on in our life, and we put God somewhere else in the back, these are our idols. Because this is where our heart is focused. And so we try and see and try and have an understanding of who God is. How can we? How can we have a true understanding of who God is when we are filtering God through all the other stuff, through our work and through our money and through our family? It doesn't even matter. It's impossible. Our image of God will always be tainted. Our image of God will always be messed up when we're looking through all the other things to try and find God. But when God, come, when God is our focus and God is our prime source right here, then, then when we focus here and God is our focus, then all of a sudden, I promise you now, my friends, your finances will never, ever be the same again, ever in your whole life. If you look at your finances through God, if you look at your, are you a money? Sorry, if you look at your job, finances, and wife. So I'm asking, I'm asking you today, I'm asking you today, where in this is God for you? Seriously, today, right, right now, right here, where is God? Uh, now, sometimes he is just behind our job and he's somewhere in between. But for many of us, God is right at the back here. Now, how can you, friends, have a clear understanding of who God is if you're filtering him through everything else? But when you focus on God, that changes. And let me tell you, if you want to dance with all your might, because one of the things that inhibits us from dancing is the same thing that inhibits us from praising God, if you think about it, we're worried about the people around us. Do I lift my hand? Do I clap? And sometimes there's something in us that really wants to, to praise God with all our might. But because of people around us, because we focused on the wrong thing. If you want to dance and worship God and live your life as a God honoring, the only way you can do it is if your focus is primarily on God. Can you give them a huge round of applause? Well done, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Well done. Everything else has to take second place. And when you put him first, everything else will come into focus. And God will help you with that. God gets this, trust me. And when you and I go to God and say to God, God, I've messed up. I put way too many things before you. Can you help me reprioritize what should come first and where my focus should be? It'll make a huge difference. I want to say this again. If you are here today trying to find yourself, you will never in the true sense of the word. But if you come here today to find God first, then you will find yourself. You'll never find yourself otherwise. Can I lastly speak about identity? To be able to dance with all your might, you have to be so clear about who you are in God. In 2 Samuel, later on, David says, I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. 
I'll become even more undignified than this. When you dance with all your might, you have to be so clear about who you are in God. Your faith will go stronger when you identify with your identity in Christ. It means that you have to abandon any image of yourself that is not from God. Okay, you obviously didn't get that. I'll say it again. Maybe it's my accent. It, it means that you have to abandon any image of yourself that is not from God. And I don't know what image you have of yourself. Maybe you grew up being, t- grew up being told you're a loser. Or maybe even right now, you know, you've accepted things that people have spoken over your life. Right now, you may be living with labels that other people have given you, your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, your co-workers, your boss, your children even. You cannot live with how other people have labeled you and how other people have defined you. You have to start believing what God says about you. And you and I will learn and get to dance with all our might when we find our identity in who Christ says we are. A a little while ago, I don't know how big it is now, they had this thing called extreme makeover. And so they'll do, it started off with people, like they do this extreme makeover with you. Do you know what I'm talking about? You have it here? Of course, that's where it started. So uh, this extreme makeover. Um, And then the houses and stuff like that. So just to give you an example, so I want to show you two, but just for the media guys, before you put up the last one, I need to put up a bit of a disclaimer first. So just wait for me to tell you when to put that other one up. So give me an example. Here's some pictures over here. Yeah, cool. Okay. So this is like extreme makeover teeth. I mean... So on the left is before, and on the right is after, okay? Okay, next one. Okay, this was an extreme makeover, a makeup thing and and all the rest. So they took the woman on the left, did some work, and then, uh, okay. And then maybe just the last one, and then this lady also did some work. Now, just before you show the last one, I know kids come to this one, am I right? There are some kids here. (laughs) Parents, you need, this is... Such a gross makeover, you have no idea. I need you just to maybe just cover the eyes of your children so that before and after, I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's, I forgot that there are children in the room. So, are you okay? Have you covered eyes? I'm serious. This is the most dramatic makeover ever. Let's have a look at this one. I mean, you thought miracles couldn't happen. I mean, wow. That took a lot of work, man. (laughs) That is extreme on a whole new level, man. Oh, good. They took it off, I'm glad. You need to start believing what God says about you. (laughs) I think we're going to have to find our own lunch afterwards, Jackie. You are not defined by how you feel about yourself. You are not defined by the opinions of other people. You are not defined by your circumstances. You are not defined by your successes or failures. You are not defined by the car you drive, the money you make, or the house you say you own. 
which in fact the bank really owns. You are defined by God and by God alone. He identifies you as his own. The thing is this, friends. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you don't understand your identity in Christ, then you're vulnerable to other people telling you who you are. And in places of weakness, you will begin to believe what other people say you are. You'll begin to believe what other people tell you who you are. But the concrete, the solid gospel truth is that you are who God says you are. And no one has any other vote on that opinion. No one. No one. No one can identify you as anything else. But you have to be clear about your identity in Christ. Now the world and those around you will continue to label you. Continuously. Black, white, rich, poor, young, old. Continuously do that to you. There was a a pastor who went to go and visit people and he was visiting people in retirement homes and kept on saying, you know, and part of his job was to really um, say to people, irrespective of the age, how important they were to God. And he was visiting the one person and uh, the lady, really old lady who was retired, as I said, in you know, 90s, uh, asked the pastor if, she, if he wanted some tea or something and she said yes, so he went to get some tea she went to go make him some tea. And on the table <clears throat> was some, some nuts, peanuts. And the more he looked at them, the more he's going, man, I'd love to grab a handful of them. And his mouth literally started watering. Before he knew it, you know, it's like when you start eating peanuts. Before you know it, the peanuts, the bowl was empty, completely empty. So she came back into the room with carrying the tea and she looked at the empty bowl and looked at him and he goes, look, I'm really sorry, man. But uh, I couldn't help myself. She said, please don't worry about it, man. At my age, all I get to do is suck the chocolate off them. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. eh? (laughs) The The concrete, solid gospel truth is you are who God says you are. (laughs) Someone please remove this man, seriously. (laughs) No one else has a vote on the matter. Let me tell you something. Your identity and my identity is an important part of living an abundant life. And if you and I are really going to live life to all its fullness if we really are going to dance before God with all our might, we have to be clear about who we are in God. We literally have to dance as if the only person who's watching is God himself. Now Jesus was able to face the most impossible mission and incredible demands of his mission in life because he knew who he was in God. He knew that he mattered to God. And he knew because it gave him confidence to face murder, to be crucified, to be tortured. And when you and I get to identify with Christ, we have the power of God within us and his spirit within us. You and I are God's precious child. 
You and I are God's precious child. And He created you and made you in a way that pleases Him. When you were born and throughout your whole life, every day, God looks over your life. And He says, the way you were born and who you are pleases Him because you are His child. My prayer as I close today is that we will remember what it is really like to dance with all our might. My prayer today is that our faith will transcend us in such a way that we will be clear about who we are in Christ. That our identity will be found in Christ. That our focus will always be Christ. And that we will live lives of complete generosity. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are gracious and kind. And we are grateful to you for all that you have done for us and continue to do for us. Release us, Lord God, from the chains of unforgiveness, hatred. Release us from the chains of, of worry and doubt that we may dance with all our might. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks. Sir.